Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? Welcome to Ready Check Radio Snowbound, the Blizzard Podcast, Episode 1. Episode 1. We're here. We're off. We're running. We got an expansion coming sometime for World of Warcraft. I, I mean, sometime. It's, it's, you know, at some point we'll get it. We got some Hearthstone news. We got StarCraft 2 news. I mean, we got Overwatch. We're going to cover it all. We're going to cover it all. But I think with Episode 1... We should do a little bit of an introduction, so let's bring on my co-hosts first. We'll get you up to date on what they do in WoW, their experience levels, what they like to talk about, and all the other news they have to chat about on the Blizzard front. First, joining me, if you followed us on previous channels, you definitely know this person. Mr. Dom Greco Zista, how are you, sir? Pretty good. How are you doing today? I'm a little, a little, a little sleepy. A little sleepy. Yeah. I could use yeah. a nap. I could eat. Yeah. Nap, I could probably nap would eat. Be good. I, I had to get my uh, my energy drink just to to stay awake. Oh, where are you? What what is going on in your background there? Are you going to be okay? I'm I'm trying to get into the Shadowlands, yeah, but apparently like, I have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, you're like being like sucked up or something, man. That's yeah. you hang on tight while we introduce Miss <laughs> Kristen Devita. How are you, Cat? Hi. Good, good. Look, uh, you'll you- see my. My tag there is cat named Norris, so yeah. if I get called cat, that's why. Yeah. So apparently you've got you go by like ninety different names we found out as this show started. So uh, yeah. we're gonna use cat on this show just to keep it, but yeah, follow, follow uh Kristen at cat named Norris. You probably already follow some of these other folks, you know, like myself and Zista. And if you don't, then follow us. But by all means make sure you're following Ready Check Radio chat we're giving you all the info now if you're watching this on youtube you can see all the links if you're listening to it on spotify head on over to ready check radio r-a-i-d-e-o.com and you can find all of our socials there check out all the other shows that we have and all the streamers we have hope you'll you'll join us but before we get started with blizzard news cat and zista i think a little introduction is in order as far as like our experience levels where we come from what we enjoy in games just to kind of show like we've got a wide swath of world of warcraft and overwatch and hearthstone experience things like that those that i'll go first those that know me uh, know that i am absolutely the filthiest world of warcraft casual you have ever met uh, this is already shaking his head at me. So is Cat. It's an understatement. Cat, seriously, seriously, what, already what giving I me say? the head shakes. Um, I'm a pumper. I I just can't take you casual seriously. <laughs> I am absolutely a filthy wow casual. I sub up and play like crazy for two months, and then don't touch it for two months. At the at the beginning of expansions, there's that you know that usual. I'm coming back to the game run of a few months where you you play it hard, but then like. Patch X3, X4 starts to peter out, and they, you know, so I'm filthy casual. I'm not mythic 15ing anything or anything like you that. You mean when Final Fantasy has an update? Yes, actually, that is pretty much what happens <laughs> is when I'm sick of grinding in Final Fantasy 14. We have the other show, The Relic Grind, that's on Thursdays at 7. Plug, plug, plug. Um, when I'm done there, I, I, you know, hop into WoW. So 
that's me. I'm going to be representing the filthy casual, like, should you come back to Shadowlands with the launch? What is new? If you're totally, like, even more filthy casual than I am, what's changing now? You haven't played in an X-Pack or two. Should you jump in now? That's kind of the angle I'll be coming from with my personal experience. I can speak to raids and stuff like that, but I'm not going to be Mythic 15ing anything. That's where some of our other hosts come in. And let's do ladies first here, Kat. Why don't you give us a little oh, rundown of, of yourself um, and your history there? Yeah, I've been a fan of Blizzard games for a long time. I remember going to a local computer cafe when I was in, like, sixth grade to play Diablo multiplayer with people. Damn. And uh, a lot of Warcraft and Warcraft 2 around that time as well. Of course, Starcraft. Uh, didn't play a whole lot of Warcraft 3 for whatever reason. Uh, really stuck with Starcraft, but then World of Warcraft came along and uh, as someone who had played MMOs previously like Asheron's Call um, rest in peace <laughs> I, I was really interested in the whole MMO aspect so um, I got into WoW as soon as it launched and I was addicted. So um did a lot of heavy raiding and progression through Burning Crusade. Kind of took a break through Wrath and Cataclysm. Didn't really play Mists of Pandaria at all. Oh, Came back skip for the Draenor. pandas. I know. I, I, I wasn't that big into the Pandaren, but like I always thought orcs were cool, so I came back for Warlords of Draenor, and wow, boy, <laughs> that was kind of a thing. Um uh, you know, I started playing more seriously again toward the end of, of Legion than into BFA. Uh, have found that I no longer really have the patience for serious rating progression, like getting into that mythic grind. Um, it hurts. It hurts when other people just like aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's very frustrating. I've I've done heroic level rating in BFA, and that was fine, but without wanting to really like dedicate my entire life to wow i i, I decided that um mythic pluses were were for me and uh season four i was running those 15 pluses but um i didn't really get like super up there i i got my my 15 keystone conqueror thing in my mount and i was like okay i'm done i'm done i'm out <laughs> yeah yeah but um i appreciate a lot of different aspects of wow i do a lot of achievement hunting a lot of mount hunting I've gotten into the battle pet collections kind of late, but I'm, I'm getting into it. Um, transmogs, everything. Nice. I'm a big collector. Yeah. Oh, there we go. We've got the collector completionist in you. Zista, that's a yeah, little, a little bit, bit you too, as far it's, as it's collecting quite a yeah. bit in the worlds of Warcrafts and in yeah. Overwatch and in everything else Blizzard does. I'm very versed in the Blizzard universe. I'd say my weakest area is StarCraft for sure. Well, you're not um, going to have to worry about that much longer. We'll talk about that a little later in the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I actually never played any of the Warcraft games prior to World of Warcraft. So, um, But I started off as well in Diablo. That was my first uh, introduction into uh, the Blizzard multiverse, if you will. Uh, and uh, I actually only had the uh, the demo it was like a two-level dungeon demo, and I think I played that more than I actually played all of Diablo 2. Um, <laughs> wow. That's like I, a, I a cardinal the, sin. Yeah, eventually I did get the full Diablo game, you know, and then, I don't know, I really, really enjoyed the first Diablo. Moving into Diablo 2, I didn't enjoy it quite as much, but 
I did play uh, World of Warcraft all the way back in the beta. I had a max level character in beta for the original Warcraft back when um, Skullamance or Sholamance, however you, you pronounce it, uh, depending on your area, uh, used to be a 40-man raid. You know, that's, that's, that's how far back I remember. So See, I um, didn't join until... Yeah, it was my, my brother and I. We started playing around burning crusade like late burning crusade just before uh lich king you know came out because i do remember hitting with him level cap of 70 uh it was 70 right in burning crusade and uh yeah. before the expansion so that's right when when him and i started playing i was a final fantasy 11 guy before that and then coming to world of warcraft oh. I tried like two different times and I was like, this is so easy. What the hell are you people? Everything's got an exclamation point above it. You just, because yeah. Final Fantasy XI, totally different beast. But so yeah, that was that was my my joining. So we kind of run the gamut uh, of experience mm -hmm. levels here, even though Zista likes to, you know, bust my chops and make me tank things that I'm in no gear shape to tank. And he's like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. We're, we got you. Well, if you like, have a good healer, you can get carried through a lot. That is true. <laughs> it's, it <laughs> doesn't matter. I'm just, whether they're good or bad anyway, I'm just going to blame them. Um, <laughs> I only died because you did that healer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I seriously will blame them. But let's get started with some of the more recent news. We'll be playing a little bit of catch up here, but it's stuff that I felt we should cover in the first episode here. Obviously, for the last few weeks, we've seen a number of content creators pull their videos up, put the, the talk about it on Twitch and all that fun stuff. But I figured we'd touch base on this since it's probably worth touching base on in episode one. Oh my God, I bumped the wrong button. <laughs> um, what a failure. I am. There's stream deck. I blame the stream deck. The stream deck <laughs> screwed it up. Um, mm -hmm. Let's start with the actual expansion being delayed, right? Originally, it was one week from today. You know, we, we should be mm -hmm. less than a week, you know, less than seven days away from expansion launch. Shadowlands a few weeks ago does get delayed. Uh, for all intents and purposes, indefinitely. Now, we don't expect it to be a huge delay, at least from some things we've heard said. But first, let's chat, Zista. Was the delay a good thing? Did you play in original beta testing for this at all? Did you have some thoughts uh, in your, um, in your I travels actually haven't spent on a very delay? Much time. Yeah, I haven't spent very much time in the beta at all. I kind of went in and did character customization because um, I found when I extensively play any of the betas and like go through all the con by the time it goes live I'm already sick and bored yeah, of it. Yeah, you don't so want to do it. I don't like the expansion burnout so I try to avoid actually playing them as much as possible but I do like to jump on from time to time and test like a few select things like Torghast I've not even touched it one time like I know everybody's like jumping in there that's the one thing they want to try and I'm like I'd rather do that on live and like have all the fun with it then so but i i definitely think the delay was a good thing um anything that needs like anything that gets recognized that it needs polish and they have the opportunity to take the time and polish it i think anybody that has that ability whether it be a game a movie anything like should take that time because you don't want to release it early and have it not meet up to your standards and then have everybody be disappointed and flop with it so like you yeah. got the time, absolutely do it. And, and Kat, 
uh, of particular note here was the maw, right? Having problems with uh, getting a, around the maw, uh, navigating, players wanting to be uh, immediately be able to mount up in the maw and things like that. So maybe a little rework going. But here's the question. Like, if they're just taking a look at performance issues, stabilization mm -hmm. issues, optimization issues, things like that, I don't think this delay necessarily addresses maybe gameplay mechanics, trait changes, all that that type of stuff. I don't think the delay has anything to do with any complaints <laughs> that the community may have been making on those fronts. I, I, I got to believe that a short delay probably doesn't mean anything's getting overhauled. It's more technical in nature, right? Uh, I mean, I have to imagine that's the case without any insider knowledge i have no idea what they're actually doing i would like to think i would like to hope that with the amount of feedback they've gotten on the beta that they're addressing some of those more unpopular features uh such as certain limitations with uh, regard to class and spec optimization and we've already uh, seen them do a little bit of that with covenant abilities right yeah a little bit but um not to the extent that i think is is uh resonating really well with the player base um there there's been a lot of uh, a, a lot of disgruntled commentary about the upcoming system so of course azurite was not very popular either when it started and people kind of adjusted to it and adapted to it and i'm sure we'll see similar adaptations as the game launches and as we go forward but um i like you said i don't think they're going to be doing anything major um some more tweaks would be nice to see though all right, so the big question then, Zista. When do you think we see this? So first off, let's let's keep this. Let's let's start ballparking things, right? Let's start narrowing things down a little bit. Let's go with both of you first, and I'll chime in to does it come out in 2020? Let's take a nice little easy ballpark. I think this is an easy question to answer, but we'll put it out there. Does it come 100%. out in 2020? 100% for the simple fact that uh, I think it was the Blizzard store had a thing in the collector's edition purchase. It said all uh, will all shipments will be there by December 31st of, of 2020. So, like, even though they've sent the physical copies out, I think they put that date in there regardless, knowing, like, you know. I mean, a lot of people already have their collector's sets, too, yeah. right? I mean, those yeah, yeah. were shipped yeah. like, as normal. Omi, Omi got hers from the Blizzard store, and she just got hers today, I believe, in chat, so saying earlier I'm so a... cat 2020 or early 2021 i think that blizzard is kind of in the unfortunate situation now of running up against the new console generation releases true and other competing releases that anything before the holidays is not going to be very it's not going to result in the, the the numbers that they want, I think. Um, so I'm I'm also going to go with early 2021, like some people in chat are saying. Yeah. Uh, Argoth, Kegels, a lot of them go in 2021 early. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see this out before the end of 2020, especially since pre-patch has already come out. And I want to see those pre-patch quests and get through that content and, and see this new Scourge invasion and be part of that. But um, that event specifically is timed to line up with the release of the actual expansion so uh it's going to be uh, a while for new content and 
That makes me sad because I just resubscribed <laughs> for all this new content and I'm not seeing it yet. I think I I think you are barking up the same tree as I am, Cat here, and Zista. Far be it for me to disagree on uh, with you on anything Blizz related, but I kind of lean more towards a very early 2021 now. And it's yeah, the console releases themselves in early November certainly is not a window you really want to try and cram anything into. But just looking at basically like November. 1st through like the second week of December and all the different releases whether they're for the new the next gen consoles or or for existing consoles or PC I mean I mean you have Cyberpunk you have Assassin's Creed I mean the list just goes on and on as a window you really don't want to be a part of and I understand that Blizzard can really make their own window, right? And piss off other yeah. companies. They're, they're big, it's World times. of Warcraft. Exactly, they've done it in the past. They can just say, you know what? Where, But World of Warcraft, like it or not, is not where it was five years ago. It does not have that, while it still has a ton of strength, obviously, behind it, it does not have that, hey, we, we got 12 million people that want to buy a box we're going to go whenever the hell we feel like it. And I think maybe there is a little consideration of the holiday window, the new console launches, the launch lineup. So I kind of, I kind of agree that this is maybe a 2021, like a January 2021 thing. This I thing think at the still disagree earliest, though. At the absolute earliest, I could see maybe like it launching on Thanksgiving weekend, but maybe, like, yeah, maybe, maybe that or maybe Thanksgiving, but I don't, maybe the first week of December. Yeah, I don't like even that. That's being very optimistic. It but optimistic. I think that that is at the earliest possibility we would get it. All right, so Cat and I, early 2021. Zista, why don't, we'll put you down for early December, and we'll give you credit for Thanksgiving weekend if it comes a little early. Are we going to put like a bet on this? Like, oh, is we will buy revisit me? this. This is absolutely the type of shit we revisit on future shows. <laughs> so if okay, it falls I'm, I'm willing. Week, I'm going to mail burn a pink hat. He's got to wear it for for one of the podcasts. <laughs> that is fine. That's, <laughs> I, I right. was just going to offer to buy someone a store mount or something, but whatever. <laughs> pink hats are good. Oh too. no, no store mount. No, no, we go straight for the embarrassment factor here. <laughs> now, Cat, you did mention pre-patch, so let's kind of back up there and talk about that because that is already in the game obviously we don't have the pre-expansion scourge invasion yet it's kind of like a it just says shortly so we're kind of just like waiting any tuesday refresh nope okay (laughs) it wasn't there uh and kind of going back and forth but everybody's had a little bit about a week of of pre-patch exactly a week of pre-patch hands on now so i want to just kind of touch on some of the bigger items in the pre-patch that are pretty big changes even if you are totally new to world of warcraft and this is the first time you've ever even considered playing it so let's start with i think where that type of player may start and where people that love alts is going to start at character creation. We got a whole bunch of new options, new tools, new looks, new uh, skin colors, hair colors, hairstyles, all kinds of different functionality in there. Have you rolled around a few new characters? What did you like? What did you not like, Zista? Um, I think there's still a lot of room for improvement for like things like hair color. Like, why can't you just give us a color wheel? Yeah. Like, is that- is that too much to ask? 
Like, yeah. let us pick our own color instead of all these presets. Yeah, I here's, think, here's I think 12 presets, one, pick right? one. Like, we make fun yeah. of, you know, doing a first look video games on MMO Bomb for free-to-play MMOs and stuff like that. I, I literally poke fun at preset faces and preset hair colors and no other options. So it is weird to be logging into WoW in 2020 and still seeing those types of things there, Kat. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder just how much of that is baked into the the backbone of the system, though. You know, yeah, mm. uh, the 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 foundation of that system has existed for a very long time now, fifteen years older than that even. And uh, who knows how difficult it would be to actually implement that kind of flexibility? I do love what they've implemented. I've had so much yeah. fun this week playing dress up with my characters and reworking all of their appearances and and seeing all the new options. Um, uh, so it's been fun. It's been a really, it's like a breath of fresh air. They look great. I mean, you got to give them that. Yeah. They do look great. Well, I absolutely love like the, uh, when you click on a character in a class, like you see the stance of like, you know, a warrior or a rogue or a warlock oh, and the yeah. mage, like, like the little yeah. animations that they show, like when you pick them, just they look incredible. And they the make me want to play classes good. I had no interest in before. Yeah. So. yeah. I think it's just like the, we always want more options. <laughs> you know, just yeah. always yeah. want more options. I do think it's still weird, though. And, and like a friend of ours uh, that that we know from from way back when uh, was chatting about, uh, you know, uh, ethnic uh, representation maybe still not being where it should be in the game. Uh, and while I'm in no position to to speak to that uh, aspect of things, I do find it odd that we still just can't get black hair, just straight black hair it's always like this off shade gray i i don't get why we can't just I, have black hair yet i feel again like that might be some sort of graphical thing where they don't want to lose the detail uh mm. in the design like if you go with a true black you lose a lot um it doesn't always look very good even in games like 14 where you have like a, a, a more traditional black haircut there's a lot of highlighting there's a lot of like um, animation and quality to it and and to, to, to make it seem more dynamic and realistic but WoW just doesn't have that same functionality so um, <laughs> again they have to kind of tiptoe around what they can do Zach um, in chat that engine has to be taped together with used duct tape by now <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. probably a little bit of truth to that a little bit of truth so, well because for the longest time they couldn't even upgrade our backpack size because yeah. it was tied into the old coding yeah you know? right? so, that's yeah. that's reaching back but yeah i do remember that yeah so i created a druid uh, as far as brand new characters like i did play dress up with existing characters i created a new druid uh, started that at level one and created a mage and started that at level one, just screwing around with that because the the druids have the additional functionality, right, of the 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 morphs being able to be customized to a certain extent, and that yeah. includes going into new tutorial stuff since I didn't boost them in any way. Obviously, you could start in your starter zone if you want, but I think everybody's jumping into Exile's Reach to get a look at that. I gotta say, if you are totally new to the game welcome if you have not played in years and years and years exiles reach i think is something the game needed years ago and it, it is very well done maybe a little too well done zista on <laughs> on how often you get told things like hey you got a new piece of gear put it on you got, I got, you got I got, another. I got, I got a couple little complaints about. You got another little little new piece of gear. Let's put it on. It's not perfect. I have some. I have some gripes too. Uh, we'll go with you first, Cap. But I, 
I think I think it is pretty solid. I like the aspect of you kind of cover everything. Doesn't get into necessarily crafting, but you kind of cover everything. You even get a taste of a little dungeon at the end, albeit an extremely easy dungeon for a couple level nine or ten, you know, new players to go do. I, I, I got to say, I give it a thumbs up. I have gripes, but Kat, we'll start with you and, and your gripes because you sound a little vocal about them. <laughs> um, I think, like you said, it's a fantastic introduction to the game. But that's exactly all it is. It's an introduction. It holds your hand. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And that's great if you're a new player. But if you're just there to experience this new thing, and this is like your fifth, sixth, seventh character, whatever, uh, or 50th in some people's cases, uh, they need to have an option, first of all, to skip or hide a lot of those tooltips and tutorial elements. Well, I um, think they, to be fair, though, don't they look at it like we do that? We give you the option to go to your race's starting zone, which has been a, a bit streamlined. I mean, you're only going to be there for right. 15, 20 minutes. If you if you know what you're doing and you're just buzzing Whoa. another character up, you're there for 15 minutes and you're out whichever zone you pick. So I think there is actually think a, go ahead, there's a way to do it. If you go into you like your your uh, settings, there's a way to like mm -hmm. skip the like hide the tooltips. And like as soon as I did that, my mini map showed up like all this stuff. So there is a way to do it, but it's not. Okay, I didn't poke Easy around to find. My, my apologies. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's like it, they needed to do a better job communicating that for existing players. Like, it, it, like I understand why it's hidden for brand new players, but for yeah. any anybody who has like a max level character, they should tell you in one of the tutorials that you can do this. You know, like... Yeah, that, that's know. fine. That's like a very simple thing that they can yeah. add and I would yeah. be like totally happy with it. Here, here's the um, flip side of this, Kat. How many brand new players is WoW realistically getting anymore i mean granted um, you have people that are you know were, know were eight and now they're 14 and so maybe I'm they're picking sure. it up but i'm sure there are some people out there i'm sure there's i'm sure there's a website somewhere that has that kind of information gathered and, and posted but i i don't i can't imagine it's a very large population of people anymore um i don't even know if like i remember World of Warcraft doing some pretty heavy advertising on television for some of its past expansions. I don't know if they're even doing that anymore. I mostly listen to like podcasts and Spotify these days and that has a lot of advertisements built into it too, but even then I haven't heard anything about Shadowlands. I don't know how much they're trying to market and communicate to new players. Yeah, it may be Zista that it's just like, hey, we know who our audience is now. If we yeah. get new ones, we get new ones, but what we're really banking on is the Mike Burns who haven't played in six months, you know, yeah. back. giving us fifteen dollars yeah. for the next three or four months and capturing his attention for a little bit. You know, I will I, tell that's, you, there, there's... and they don't need a commercial to do that for me. Yeah, there's there's about a week there where I completely forget how to play my character whenever I come back after a few months. So, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. <laughs> maybe that's what I need. I don't need an Exiles reach for new players. I need an Exiles reach for idiots. So let me ask this then. <laughs> I would probably do. I enjoyed Exiles Reach, and now knowing. Uh, Zista, that I can shut off those little tooltips and 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 such when I when I want to. I left them on this time because I wanted the new player experience to be able to to chat about it on the show here. But I enjoyed it. Like, there's even a class specific quest hidden in there. Well, it's not really hidden, but it's not it's off the path a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. So each class you take in there has one class ability uh, specific quest. I thought that was a neat little touch. 
the dungeon at the end. I like, you know, dungeons is my gameplay, whether it's Final Fantasy 14, whether it's World of Warcraft, whether it's some other MMO. I love uh, five-person dungeons. I really like when there's the ability to do solo and duo dungeons and stuff like that. So this was a neat way to end it for me. I would probably just keep doing Exile's Reach. I don't know if I would ever return to starter zones as much as that may screw up my initial flight planning when <laughs> when getting flight paths on new characters. But I, I would probably do that zone every single time. I, I don't I don't think I'd go back. Uh, sounds like someone needs to pick up a couple items for their toy box. Uh, <laughs> just a few. Just a few. There's there's a couple of items that uh, fill in the major flight points for yeah, you. Yeah, I know. I know. Calendor and Eastern Kingdom. Filthy and... casual. I don't know if you heard me at the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I, um, I enjoy Exiles Reach quite a bit, but there's something about the starting zones that they're nostalgic, I guess, that I really I missed in Exiles Reach. Like I, I leveled uh Undead Warlock uh how, to go how am through I there. Really and I, just, I miss Death Knell very much. How am I really gonna appreciate the nuanced humor of you no take candle if I don't go back to Northway <laughs> Monastery or whatever it's called? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so the big decision, though, once you hit level 10, you play an expansion. You run it from 10 to 50. You can only pick one, Zista. It's got to be the one you play forever. Now, any characters you create, they have to go through this expansion. Which one do you pick to level your characters? I'm going with the unpopular opinion, Mists of Pandaria. Really? Why is that I really, really enjoyed Mists of Pandaria. Um... The aesthetics were just very, very eye-pleasing to me. Um, I loved all the art, the music, everything I thought was absolutely fantastic. It felt very different from everything else. Um, I know I got a lot of flack because pandas, but pandas aside, the art style, the music, everything is just very well done. I think it's the first time that they really hit a stride in telling a story Mm -hmm. through the expansion. Like... They they did that a little bit in Wrath, but it, it's just like it felt a little jarring. Like Lich King was in your face too much through everything. <laughs> like I, I, I couldn't enjoy yeah. it. But like Miss Pandaria, I think that's the first time they got storytelling right. And I think if they didn't spoil Garrosh like being the big bad during BlizzCon, like I think Chris Metzen was the one that spilled the beans. If they didn't do that and they let the story unfold naturally. I think it would have taken so many people by surprise and would have made for a much better story. It was just kind of a bad circumstance of the way everything fell all at once, but that's still one of my favorite expansions. Blizzard loves its fallen hero storylines. They um, do. Kat, I can't see you going with Pandaria considering you skipped the expansion. You probably have uh, a different choice here. <laughs> I mean, I went back and did a whole lot of it to get to contribute toward my 100 exalted reputations achievement. Um... So I do, I really appreciate, you can see that a lot of love went into that expansion. I think if I was going to go back and level through one with Chromie Time, though, it would probably be, it would either be Legion or it would be Warlords. And Oh, excuse my cat again. Hi, Norris! Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Norris makes a guest spot. He He's just, he needs to be in like the credits as a little, <laughs> a little not, because he's going to keep showing up. Um, he's very nosy. Uh but yeah, I, I missed um, 
I didn't do a whole lot in Draenor when I was uh, when I came back for it. I I did like the basic plotline and stuff, but I didn't really see it through. So I would kind of like to go back to that and see it a little bit more. I've done Burning Crusade so many times, I wouldn't do that. I, I played Classic whenever Classic released last year. I don't need to go back and do that. So, <laughs> um, but Wrath is also a favorite. I don't know. Wrath was so good. I, I don't care about Cataclysm. So I took the Druid into Burning Crusade, and I took mm -hmm. the Mage into uh, Wrath of the Lich King. Um, so those are my two. Burning Crusade, I think, has a lot of nostalgia for, like, that's when my brother and I first started playing type deal for, for me. So there's that nostalgia. Uh, I got, I spawned right under a Fell Reaver, and I was like, oh, shit, that's what that's like, you know? <laughs> I forgot what that was like, getting just stepped on immediately. Uh, but Wrath... There was I, nothing more satisfying, though, than out-leveling it and going back and killing it. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I... I think for storytelling purposes, I like the the Wrath of the Lich King storyline uh, with Arthas and everything uh, better. So I think if I had to play just one, it would be that one. Where I'm kind of concerned with this, though, is like, do you really get the feel of the complete storyline in these? Like, yeah, you go and you play that zone, you know you're going to be 50 when you're, you're done with that expansion, but like, you still got to go kill the Lich King like in a raid, right? Yeah, so and you're not going to be able to solo it at 40. I tried. <laughs> um, so I kind of like it feels disjointed at the end towards me for me at that the leveling experience where you've uh, like been playing this whole story and then there's there's other stuff but you're already 50 so go enjoy Shadowlands. I you know it just feels a little yeah. disjointed at the end for my taste. Maybe I yeah I, I mean it feels better than it did oh absolutely because absolutely. like you had. You had Cataclysm with, like, you know, that going on with the War Chief, and then, like, you would jump to another expansion partway through, and then you go to, like, BFA, and you're, like, end up time-traveling, like, three times during it. Yeah. If you stopped by, like, Northrend at any point, you're, like, now back in time again. It's just, it was really weird, so I think streamlining lining it to uh, one expansion to do. I know you could still jump around if you yeah. want to. If you want to. But in terms of, like storyline like you're using chromie time so it's it makes way more sense from a lore standpoint now if you're yeah. jumping around time to do it and so. there are little odd idiosyncrasies in in the whole process to begin like when you go to burning crusade the quest to get the nether guard bitter uh you know you're originally you just went back through the portal went up to nether guard keep bought it came back through the portal but you can't go through the portal that way uh, when mm -hmm. you initially get there. But if you go to Stormwind, then come on down to Netherguard, and then, oh, shit, I got to talk to What's-Her-Face right outside to change the time that Netherguard is actually, so it's actually the keep. Now I can go by the, the, the bitter and go through the Dark Portal back. So there's some, like, weird little little things like that that happen in the stories, but it's yeah. definitely better. I just don't think it's perfect yet. I don't think it's perfect yet, particularly yeah. if the intent is... Hey, if we have newer players or returning players, pick an expansion, play it, play the whole storyline, and, and not have to assume that, okay, they'll do the raid at, and kill Arthas at some other point to really cap off the story experience. It just kind of feels like, whoop, float. Now what do you want to do? Are you done? And the forced leaving, right? <laughs> at, at the end, yeah. that's really that was goofy. A I'm glad but, uh, they addressed that. Yeah. I, my biggest gripe with it is if you don't know to go to the board and like go with Chromie time, yeah. like if you just go through it, default puts you in Battle for Azeroth. Yeah, in BFA. Which, 
it's the current content, so I understand why they're pushing you in that direction. But yeah, just it's send still you like a Jaina. more clear option to like inform you because if you're a brand new player, you don't know that you can go back and do all these. You're just going right to BFA. So yeah. I feel like it's, there's a, a misstep there. Yeah, sure. you immediately hit Stormwind uh, or whatever. But I was Alliance, so you hit Stormwind, Stormwind, and then we're sent off with Jaina to, you know. Uh, start the BFA storyline in uh, in the in in the patch here and in the in the future here we'll be getting new class abilities not really new returning class abilities there's a list check it out on Wildhead we're not going to go through every single one here I just wanted to get as more experienced players than I uh, you know I dabble I months and then break so to me none of this really you know matters but are there some abilities here that you're like very happy to see back cat like even if they were more offshoot just fun to use occasional abilities than core rotation um, abilities let me let me think about that on for a moment <laughs> let me hand this over to zista because I, I i i actually no intervene being back is awesome to me i loved intervene as a protection warrior i thought it was so much fun Zista. Well, I will say that me now, who since Legion has transitioned over to a Demon Hunter, that I'm so happy to get all my missing abilities back from <laughs> Vanel. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I don't know. Like, I like the the little thing, like Eyes of the Beast and stuff coming back, like stuff that doesn't have a lot of like raid utility or you know, like just little fun things like that. Uh, and I think my other favorite one is the uh, the Infernals coming back, or not the Infernals, the uh, the Dreadlords. Is that what they were? The, the the summoning ritual that kills somebody when it summons for the warlock. I, yeah, I, I think that was Dreadlord. Yeah. Dreadlord, yeah. <laughs> Which Rob, is very funny. I can't Rob, wait to see more people just dying in town. Rob in mm -hmm. chat, very happy that Pally's got Hammer of Wrath back. You selfish mm -hmm. Pally bastard. Uh, <laughs> um, we had mentioned the expansion, uh, the Scourge Invasion quest line. Now, we just know that that's some time... So Zista, if you're putting this at end of November, early December, I'd imagine what? You're seeing the Scourge Invasion primer quest two line weeks. two to three weeks ahead of that, like mid-November? Yeah, well, I think it's timed. I think it's like the, the pre-launch, if I'm not mistaken, is set to go live three weeks before the launch of the expansion. So it's when that goes live, yeah. Is, yeah, two to three weeks. So... So once we get a date, we can tell you when it'll happen. So <laughs> if we go, Cat, with our early 2021, that this could be like a little Christmas present then. I guess, yeah. Kind of a bad, bad launch I window. I'm I think. so excited for it. I just really liked the the Scourge event in uh, Wrath, and I I really want to see. Isn't this like the second event. time we're getting it though? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like before the, Wrath, no, that this is like... even the third because the the Wrath one. Was also the the uh, same event that we got when Naxxramas launched in Vanilla WoW. It's the right. exact same okay. event. So this yeah. is technically the third time we're getting the same event. Oh, was the Nax one involving players though? I don't remember. Um, players get to be the Scourge because I thought it was just Scourge attacking. I know pre pre Wrath players could be the Scourge, and then in this one as well, players are going to be able to be the Scourge. Yeah, I don't remember um, players turning, but I remember like going to designated areas that yeah. the Scourge was invading yeah. and like, yeah. The, like, yeah. So it, Scourge it's, invasion 3.0. Yeah. 3.0, Kara. <laughs> oh, I, I, I think like in terms of cosmetic stuff, like new things that we get, I think we only get a pet. I think it's like a, um, thing. So I, I'm a mount collector. I, I was hoping for a mount like we got last expansion no. in the pre-launch event, but always pets, always pets yeah. and minions, always. 
Me. Yeah. I don't care what you like, Zista. Oh, okay. I'm a minion farmer. I'm a minion farmer. So I'm okay with this. Uh, what the hell did you put in the show notes here for? What? You want to talk about the sprite darter, uh, Zista? <laughs> I mean, it just came out today. It did. Like, it's super it did. cute. I don't know if I'm going to sub for... I mean, I'll probably end up subbing for six months at some point, but I'm not ready to commit to a six-month subscription until I see that Shadowlands release date. Then I will feel good about then getting maybe. my sprite darter transmog. Then maybe. Yeah. How about just buy it for 20 bucks? That just feels dirty? Is that what it is? I kind don't of. like to buy a whole lot from the store unless it really interests me. Is it, what is I'm it? a is sucker. It? Like, I'll buy mounts from right. the store because I'm a total sucker for mounts, but the, the fact that it's like a transmog, I don't know. I don't know. I'd rather get it as like a side benefit for subscribing. I know a lot of people were theorizing. I've heard that the, uh, the Sprite Darter set was supposed to be the intended uh, BlizzCon uh, virtual goodie thing that since BlizzCon oh, didn't happen that they that. Yeah. they kind of pushed it out. It's what people are speculating. Um, hmm. I don't know. Typically they go with something that they could slap the BlizzCon logo on and I don't yeah. really see that this with it. the Sprite Darter wings. So, But I, I have a six month uh, reoccurring sub so unfortunately I'm going to be getting this item. Unfortunately. You sound so <laughs> broken up about it. You sound so <laughs> broken up about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I'll get the wings. I, I, yeah. I mean, you're giving me something for free. I mean, that's the entire reason I'm sub for six months anyway at a time because of all the free mounts that we've been getting over the course of the expansion. I was, yeah. I think I was at like a three month reoccurring before that. And I'm like, well, I think the first one was the pirate ship, the dreadnought. So cool. It's like, why not? Yeah. I, you know? It's like, let me just get that credit card out. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take those side gifts for, for like the subscriptions, but when it comes to investing money, and wow, I am definitely not as crazy as some people who like cheat the recruiter friend system by buying themselves <laughs> their own secondary account. For I've someone. done that in the past. I no! have not done it. Oh, oh, no. That's how I got my Zevra. Yep. Shame for you. No, <laughs> just, I mean like, the way it, he's like the you way know what works, this is though, so is like much you... cheaper than just getting friends. This is well, so <laughs> much cheaper. Well, what I did is I bought it when it was like on sale for five dollars for like a Black Friday sale, and then you know or or uh, the New Year sales that they do. So it was only a five dollar thing for the account, and then subbing it if you subbed one time, you got a free month on your main account, so it washed out. So. You can, I really you only can spend an extra five dollars. Sat to do that. there and did the math. Would this be? Is this a wash for me? Or well, do I actually have like, to socialize? What the new recruiter, recruiter friend stuff. I had to subscribe for like multiple months if you want to get like the full transmog set and the cool mount with like the the, the biplane. What's the mount? And there's like a camel or some shit. I don't know. Um, I said a swear. I'm sorry. Oh, you're uh, fine. Okay. <laughs> Put it in the swear jar. I couldn't remember what swears I was allowed. Don't you I know fucking swear on this show, Kat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Gonna earn that mature rating. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if I actually had like new friends that don't play the game to recruit, I would have done it. But you know, like I don't. So and there's no way you were making any. You were like, nah. That's, that's that was my only option, and I I'm was done. like, you know what? For five dollars, that's like buying a mount in the mount store. Why not? I'm out. I'm out. Speaking of mounts, the Caravan Brontosaur mount starts at five million on the black market. Ah, thought right it now. was from the vendor. I mean, five million gold, but it's from the the black market. Ah, now. Money. Yeah, 
Do you like um, this? Do you like that it was removed from Vendor Resista? I don't like that it was removed at all. Like, it, period. I hate when things are removed from the game because I like feel that pressure and the need to get it. Because you know, as as a mount collector, you know, it's like I I tried to farm for it a little bit. I got up to like two million gold, and I'm like that. This was too much work to get here. Like, I'm I'm good. I just stopped. And uh, I think it's a good solution for people that that got it. I think all those people would be happy that it's at least going for what they spent on it and it doesn't have the chance to go lower. But uh, me as a mount collector that did not have a chance to get it, I have to hope to get it out of like the lost containers that go for like way under that to try to get out of there. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not thrilled with it, but I understand it. So Yeah, I'm not a fan either. I do like it as like a status symbol for the people who played through BFA and were crazy enough to get the five million gold. <laughs> um, so in in some on some level, I don't want to take that away from them. I mean, good for you. You you poop socked harder than I ever have for this game. Um, <laughs> uh, I I never play anything in the black market auction house. I look at it sometimes and I'm like, oh, there's a pet I don't have. There's a mount I don't have. But then it's like, then you're like nope. I don't really want to try to gamble or spend this much money on it. So I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on the same topic of mounts, we did see uh, in season four, BFA Mythic uh, give uh, mounts as rewards for level 15 keys completed. Shadowlands looks to continue that with season one. Zista, do you like this? I mean, you you are a mythic guy and somebody that loves mounts, but to me, I'm like, well, that's just that's a mount I'll probably never have. Like as soon as I see it, I'm like, nah, probably you know, maybe if I'm cruising with Zista and and crew, maybe. But if I'm just playing around, oh well, there's a mount I'm not gonna get. It doesn't really motivate me to like, oh, I gotta push, 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 push to get the higher keys. I absolutely feel the need they have to get done now because there's a mount attached to it, <laughs> and I don't like that because me at a core, but it I turns hate, it into a chore. Then it does, like but I hate mythic pluses huh? to begin with. Like I don't, I don't actually like them. Yes, I run them, but I really do not like the whole system. Um, I, I liked them when they were called challenge modes when they were in Mist of Pandaria, and they were completely optional content for cosmetic rewards. You I enjoyed mob, that man. system, but like this whole. And it's not Blizzard's fault because it's kind of the player base that created the whole Raider IO score system. And I absolutely hate that with a passion because uh, it makes it so hard. Like if you if you tried to get in on this like I did, did not do any keystones for season four. And then I was like, well, this mount's going away. I need to get it. It was really hard to get into keystones. I had to like work my way up to like grind out all the lower keystones just to be able to get people to take me on 10 plus keystones uh, and through the whole course of it I didn't get any gear to like upgrade my character so it was like I'm grinding an artificial score that means nothing other than like this knowledge of you've done this when I already knew I was more than capable of doing it to begin with so it was just it's really frustrating I don't like the mythic plus systems I wish they would abolish it but I know it's never going away so to now put this on every single season from this point out, because that's how it looks, it's really frustrating for me, but I'm going to end up doing it. So I brought up the camera that had all three because you guys uh, watching on Twitch or watching the video after the fact on YouTube could not see that Cat was just smirking the entire time as it was talking. 
Um, I have so much to say about this subject, and I don't want to like talk about it forever. But the Mythic Plus system, as it is, is um, as it is currently, it's a little bit broken, and here's why: for the general public, that IO score can be bought, and you'll see it now whenever you go to Group Finder. You look at the the, the dungeon groups. There are advertisements after advertisements yeah. after advertisements of people selling keys and carrying people through. So there is a shift in the mentality away from IO scores being as important as they were in the past. So, I mean, that could be seen as a good thing. Um, I mean, I know people the... making tons of money on oh, yeah. those runs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have, like, I don't have a problem with people making their in-game gold that way it's it's whenever it starts blurring that line between like in-game currency and real life currency yeah. then it gets more questionable um like <laughs> the Gallywix community blowing up as a result of that issue um uh shout outs to those guys um <laughs> there there's i love mythic plus dungeons i i've did a lot of tanking through bfa for mythic plus keys I had a lot of fun, made some very good friends, uh, just really loved the challenge of Mythic Plus and the various affixes. There was a time, especially in the later seasons, three and four, where IO scores simply did not reflect player skill. And I don't know if that was um, the result of, of... Corruption? people buying their way into runs or otherwise getting carried through runs. But I think the mount incentivization is going to result in a lot more of that kind of consequence or, or, or I, I think there's going to be a lot. Um, I think that there will be more shitters in the keystones. And yeah. that doesn't excite <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. Um, like I, like I said, when I introduced myself, <laughs> I did not, play past like the 15 to 17 level keys in BFA I wasn't really that interested in pushing myself that hard but I have like I said very good friends who got me into the M plus system who love those big keys big keys are like their bread and butter aside from mythic rating because they're insane um, I you know I just I, I want those to stay fun I want them to stay rewarding I don't want to attract a huge population of unskilled players who like cheat their way through the system. So that's my fear with it. But I mean, I love mounts. Well, so see, I'm not going to cheat my way through the system. I don't like buy, I didn't do this in final fantasy 14, like when extremes became a thing and, and you know, you could buy runs and stuff. So I'm not going to be doing any of that, but you, you better be prepared for my punk ass rando queuing <laughs> into your group. It's going to happen at some point. It's just going to yeah. happen. Uh, before we leave World of Warcraft and hit some other Blizzard news here uh, and, and push through the, the agenda here, uh, a final word. Okay. Are you, and we'll start with you, Kat, are you as excited for Shadowlands as you have been with some previous expansions? No! Or is it kind of <laughs> waning for you? Like, where does your excitement level fall for Shadowlands? I don't know how to quantify it. Like, I want to play the new content and I want to have more fun with my friends, but I don't really, I don't know. I'm not that, like, pumped about it. Um, 
like so it's kind of just like a hey i'm happy there's gonna be new stuff for me to do it's not like an oh i can't wait until that comes out yeah Uh, i mean i don't care it'll come out when it comes out i'm ready for it but yeah zista um i'm actually pretty pumped for it i like weird kind of like niches in stories like Time travel is like my favorite plot device in anything. Like Back to the Future Two is my favorite movie of all time. Um, so yeah. Warlords of Draenor was I'm really the exact exciting for me. Opposite, like time travel <laughs> is so lazy to me. So. Well, if it's done right, if it's done right, I think like not to get too off topic, but I think like if you've ever watched the TV show Lost, they have the best example of how time travel is like the like how they done it. Like no one did time travel better than Lost, um, but like. I like those niches, like this whole now this alternate dimension that has like all the dead characters that we've known that we can like tie up some loose ends with uh, lore, you know, and story and stuff like that. I'm really, really excited for that. And I want to see where it goes because I feel like the last couple expansions, I knew exactly where the story was going every step of the way. Like it didn't even surprise me that like Warlords of Draenor to Legion was a thing because like I... I was, or, you know, because I was like, we're, we're, or, or not, we're, uh, Pandaria to Draenor, rather, was a thing. Because I, I, I didn't see the time travel part coming, but I was like, Garrosh has been building up this whole thing. Me and Missy, little Missy, of, uh, we're talking. And we're like, this whole thing of like, where can Garrosh possibly go after he fails? Because he's not dying at the end. We knew that. And it's like, the only place he can go is back home. So, like, I knew we were going to Outlands, but I didn't <laughs> right. know it was time travel. So I was very happy with that. But like, I just, I love these weird niche storylines that they're able to do that's so different from just, hey, let's go to this other undiscovered place that we've forgotten about that's not on any maps anywhere. Like this, these kind of like, from a story aspect, get me really excited. But there's still places that are like well established that I'm sure you really want to go to that every time an expansion comes out and we're not going there, you're like, ugh. Are we ever going to I've only been wondering where Zandalar was since the original, you know, (laughs) World of Warcraft, because they had talked about, you know, how all the trolls gathered to Zandalar Island every four years for this big summit. That was in the lore all the way back in Vanilla. And I'm like, well, where is this place? So now in BFA to finally go there, that was exciting for me. Didn't quite play out how I had it in my head back then, but... I was not excited for BFA at all. Um... Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I would. I, I just, it just, none of the feature set just looked, you know, <laughs> Emerald Dream, right? Um, none of it just looked, you know, blow the doors off the place. Does Not to say that I was like, eh, I'm not going to play. I bought it. I pre-ordered. Okay, I played, but, but I just, Sylvanas screaming for the Horde was hype as fuck. Okay. Yeah. Well, I love Sylvanas. <laughs> I love Sylvanas. That's, you know, that's probably where a lot of my hype for Shadowlands is right now is, is, is in that character. That uh, moment of her just ripping the Lich King's yeah, helmet in half, I was just was like, pretty awesome. are you kidding me right pretty now? Pretty awesome. Like, um, that was insane. Not as hyped as I was for Wrath, but that also comes with, the, I'm pretty sure, the nostalgia, right? That would have been the first expansion that I played and had a max level character before it came out. So I can't wait for that. So it's kind of in the middle. I'm kind of with you, Kat. I can't. I, I want to try all the new stuff and, and mess around and watch the new story and but yeah, I'm not like, ugh. I don't know. As you see, though, I'm I'm more into the story aspect of it all. Like that's why I enjoyed yeah. Mr. Pandaria and and stuff like that. Not really mm-hmm. the gameplay setting, you know. Like I'm I'm very much about the story, very story driven. All right, so let's depart Azeroth for a little while, 
and come back to Earth and talk about Blizzard and some other properties. First off, real easy hit. If you don't know, StarCraft II is now ceasing development. The game, after 10 years, they're done. Uh, and to be fair, I mean, there wasn't really a lot going on recently anyway besides new commanders for the co-op stuff and, and war chests, but even those are now uh, going to go away. They're still going to do balance things and, and stuff like that. They're still going to support the eSports scene, uh, so you'll still have that. Uh, executive producer and vice president Rob Breidenbecker said that the teams will now focus on what's next. Not just for StarCraft II, but for the StarCraft universe as a whole. So kind of a weird little reference there, like they were the whole IP. What do you think should happen next? Like, I, uh, uh, oh God. The, the number of times I saw comments, ghost, ghost, ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna happen, it's not gonna happen. Uh, but is is there going to be a StarCraft three Zista? Is is that where we logically go now, or do they do something else with the IP, or is this kind of the end for the StarCraft IP? We'll support the esports seasons through the contracts we have now. We'll maybe renegotiate those when those contracts are up, and that's it. Uh, or are we potentially looking at a StarCraft three in the future, or a StarCraft spinoff? Maybe. What would you like to see? I mean, inevitably, we're going to get StarCraft 3 at some point. I think, That's yeah, going to I happen. agree. I think it's inevitable. Like, yeah. Um, what do I want? I mean, besides the, the cliche response of ghosts, I don't, I don't even know if I really want that, but I would like to see something completely different for StarCraft 2. What that is, I don't quite know. Not a big RTS person. Uh, like, I, I don't, don't really play those kind of games at all. So I'd like to see something outside of that, because I, I feel like the StarCraft universe is something I would be able to enjoy from a, a story aspect, um, and I would like to enjoy, but it's just it's not my type of game to be able to get into it. So anything that's not an RTS would be very welcome to me. Uh, Q, if you could go ahead and time Zista out of chat briefly, since he gave me the answer, Ghost, uh, and we'll move on to what Cat <laughs> <laughs> what thinks. Um, I'm a huge StarCraft fan. I did play a fair amount of StarCraft 2. I've played way more StarCraft and Brood War for whatever reason. Um, I am not necessarily a huge fan of the real-time strategy genre, at least in its current incarnation. And I'm really interested to see what comes of RTSs in the future. Uh, but I'm with Zista. I, if we continue to explore StarCraft, and I think that they will continue to explore that IP in some form, I think it's time to get away from RTS and do something different. Well, you uh, know, it's funny you say that. We're going to jump ahead a little bit oh. on one of the stories. If Yay, you feel like if you feel like RTS games just aren't quite what they used to be, Maybe they should be something else. Zista, this is how you segue, son. Don't give me, don't give me that sidelong glance I see you giving me. This is how you segue. You came to me first. I can't give you something to alley-oop segue out of without talking to the other host. Oh, so he's disappointed he didn't get the assist. That's what it was. Oh, oh okay, okay. Uh, so a while ago, we saw Mike Morheim and uh, and his his wife uh, put some funding into uh, some company or a company, the uh, game development company that some other Blizz heads were at. Uh, that's happened again now as Tim Morton and Tim Campbell have raised almost five million bucks to start Frost Giant Studios. And ironically, Kat, 
This is what they had to say. Real-time strategy players are an incredibly passionate community, and they deserve not just a great game, but one they can share broadly with friends, Morton said. Building a worthy successor will take time, but we're incredibly excited and grateful to carry real-time strategy forward at Frost Giant Studios. So you might have something there to look forward to. A couple years from now, but something there to look forward to. Hey, cool. Um, (laughs) Cool. I mean, the next big RTS that I can think of that's coming out is what Age of Empires 4 was announced, yeah? And then uh, I haven't seen anything about it, but I... I think it was announced. I'm not. I didn't dream that, did I? Um, but yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see what new gameplay they can come up with, what new mechanics they can introduce. Is it going to be fixated on that? Is is APM going to be the big advantage still? Uh, do I need to buy new wrists to play this game? <laughs> Want to buy wrists? Uh, in not so good news, though, Zista, Blizzard workers in France being called on by their union representatives to go on strike as the studio in Versailles is being scheduled for closure after what the union says was multiple times they were told it's not going to close, it's not going to close, we're not planning that. And then all of a sudden, here you go. Cutting 285 jobs. Not a good look for Blizzard no. with record profits. And they, a lot you know, a, less than a year removed from a huge layoff after record profits. Not a good look, particularly, and as the union points out in its call for striking, in the current climate, right? The COVID-19 issues, yep. the mental health uh, of people. I mean, I'm on furlough from my day job, hence Ready Check Radio. Welcome. Uh, thanks for stopping by. I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, I wanted to start it, so here we go. I, I had no reason not to now. But you know, those are mentally and emotionally impactful. And then being laid off obviously has the financial aspect of it. Not a good look for Blizz. Uh, I, I think a lot of it, too, is just the pandemic in, in general. Like, there's no, there's no good way to go about it. Like, from a company standpoint... And this is strictly from from a like this is not necessarily my personal feelings, but from a company standpoint, it's like how if you, if you're going into like financial debt because of you know the the crisis and stuff, how do you stay open? Like how you know how do you keep doing that? And I know Activision Blizzard as a whole has enough money to sustain it, but how long do you keep sustaining something that might not be profitable? Uh, it's just it's an unfortunate timing in, in all that situation. Would this have closed if if we weren't going through you know like the COVID and all that stuff? I, I don't know, but it's just it's a it's a really unfortunate set of circumstances. Yeah, and okay, I, I I've been in the business world for many 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 years, more than I'd like to admit. At high levels and low levels uh, of all leadership, I've been responsible for the decision to lay off. I've been the one laid off. Uh, it's it's happened both times, uh, both ways in my life here. So far be it for me, Zista, to 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 disrupt that line of thought, which is you know, hey, I'm running a business. I've got to be profitable. Um, I think you lose that argument when your CEO makes as much as Blizzard's. CEO that does yeah that's that's my I other think you like, lose that argument yeah. with record profits 
I think you lose that argument when you almost got your shareholders to vote down some of Bobby Kotick's uh, salary benefits and perks, almost to, to the point that shareholders are now even questioning, look, why do you make so much money? And then on top of it, if what the union is alleging is true, that they've repeatedly denied we're going to close this uh, to French administration and management, and then all of a sudden just say, hey, we're going to do it. Well, clearly that's something you plan out. That does not, yeah. you don't wake up Friday morning and go, well, shit, let's close it. That just doesn't happen. So yeah. that that is a huge black eye kind of look for me when it comes to Blizzard, Cat. I don't know if you agree with me or not here. I think it's just another in a series of events that puts Blizzard's integrity into serious scrutiny. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. Um, you got to wonder too, like there's some of these big name people stepping down from Blizzard because they probably yeah. don't agree with a lot of the practices either. But, you know, they're clearly not going into retirement if they're opening new companies. Yeah. So and here's, right. the, here's the thing that I wish would happen, though, Zista, on that front. Say it publicly. Yeah, Say 100%. You've left. You're funneling money into other projects. You're, you still want to do other things. And granted, I know Activision probably has a lot more to do with this than Blizz itself. If yep. you look at the roster at Blizz and look at it 10 years ago, it's virtually unrecognizable from top mm -hmm. leadership on down. So, you know, yeah. is this the Blizz of old? No, it is clearly not the Blizz of old. Are they being managed differently because it is not the blizz of old it is now the acta blizz of now probably i am not going to disagree with you on any of that front but if that's the case if those blizz of old employees have left and moved on and went into other game uh, studios or funding or projects and that was a factor say it publicly how many how many of these people who've left have been legally muffled though it's I mean, a lot of people who, and their who, friends work there. Yeah, I mean, it... right. But if your friends, okay, let's assume that they aren't legally muffled, which would be incredibly shady as hell. Uh, but sometimes there are non-disclosure, yeah. non-compete, six months you can't do this type deal. I understand that. Let's assume that is not the case because if it is, I don't think any of us would not understand why they weren't being quiet about stuff. But just if you have friends that work there, if you think crunch and all the things bad in the video game industry right now uh, yeah, I, I don't, should be I don't think rectified. that's a reason to keep quiet, but like at the same time, you have in the back of your mind, it's like, hey, I still have a bunch of friends that work there and wouldn't I don't want to throw them under the bus. So like, it's, you want it it's better kind of like that moral though? dilemma. Wouldn't you want it to, to, if your voice could make it even a little bit better or push the conversation in a direction could, that could potentially... It could, but it could also make it worse. And I'm not saying that that's a reason to withhold it, but I think like that's the internal moral dilemma that a lot of people suffer because it, se it seems like it's something that that's common. Like, yes, I should absolutely do this and speak forward, but you hear a lot of people in various other topics that are really difficult to talk about how long it actually takes them to come forward because of situations and stuff. I don't think it's quite as easy as everybody makes it out to, there's, there's to, also to come out and that, speak against, you know, something that is very frightening, like a major corporation. There's also a fear that it could cause backlash for them per, uh, professionally and personally. Mm -hmm. um, you could go scorched earth on your previous workplace, but what's that going to 
you know, what's that going to do to your future? That's why. Yeah, but I think I, I these, think maybe I'm leaning more towards the Mike Morheims of the world that don't have that fear of scorched earth. You know, I certainly I certainly agree with you on somebody of a lesser stature. I mean, Mike's going out there and, and putting money into places. He's the scorcher of the earth if he wanted to scorch some earth. Um, you know, I don't think yeah. he necessarily has to worry about being blackballed from the industry in any way, shape, or form for saying, hey, yeah, I left because things kind of got shitty. Uh, but yeah, non-compete makes total sense in these situations. So you, I don't know. You look I at just... the situation at Riot Games, though, and how long was that a oh, toxic workplace with yeah. lots and lots of issues before people finally came forward? And, and I mean, Riot is its own gaming industry beast. Yeah. And, but, you know... It just it takes time for stuff like that to to reach the public eye. Well, we'll see. I I don't think they yeah. should close the studio. Like I understand wanting to streamline or make things more profitable, but I just think it's a terrible look. Like does it really yeah. cost you all that much to say, "You know what? We got to figure out what we're going to do with that studio. It's not giving us what Especially we want or in how a much. Pandemic Could we just like let's revisit this in February, situation. right? <laughs> let's take a look at where things are in February, March. Let's get through the holidays and then we'll take a look at the yeah. Versailles situation, you know? Yeah, but it's especially like during this pandemic where, you know, a lot of um, employment is unknown and how difficult it is to get new jobs and stuff like that. Like yeah. it's it's not the time for that, you know? In the ideal world, that studio would not have been closed for the reasons that it was closed. Yep. Right. Uh, unfortunately, we don't live in that ideal world, so sometimes this stuff just doesn't make any sense. Uh, so and here's cool. here's another little, I, I guess, fun Blizzard. What are you doing? Look, but you guys ever heard of the private forums, right? Like that's been like a whole thing for years and years and years that there were private forums for Blizz and and particularly World of Warcraft and uh, for feedback and working with the devs and stuff like that. It kind of got chirped up over the last few days on Twitter by a few users in particular that were uh, kind of like, hey, these private forums, they've existed for a while. Uh, they still exist now. And by the way, the devs really don't seem to care. And in fact, they belittle us and stuff like that. And I don't want to hash through this whole thing because I think a lot of it can be you know, somebody heavily emotionally invested and maybe not feeling like their feedback is being heard. I can see some examples and go of, you know, Blizz replies coming in and saying, all right, I could see how if you were feeling like I've said this a million times and you're not listening, you're just casting me aside, you know, I could feel like why they're reading condescension into those things. So, and, and I'm not part of these forums or anything like that. So I can't speak to, to that, but I did want to ask you two, being World of Warcraft players for a long time, um, do you think like a private forum is actually a benefit to to a game like this? Obviously, you have your games forums. You can get your feedback there. You can do your closed betas. You can do your alphas. You can do your private alphas, your private betas, your closed alphas, your pre-alphas, your early access, whatever the f you want to do. Um, do you think like a theory crafter specific private forum where it's like heavy content creators only type deal do you think there's actually a benefit to be doing that because i'm kind of a, of a mixed mind on it why don't we start with you zista 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very mixed mind as well. I like I feel like on one hand they're really good uh, if done correctly. Like you know, if you're not belittling your community, which you know, it, and that is some of the accusations yeah, being made is that exactly. there's condescension and and belittlement from the Blizz employees. Uh, consider, yeah. uh, sorry, specifically the community community team in relation to these forums. Yeah, and it, it really depends on who's in charge of it, how it's being run, because like. Obviously, in the, the timeline that they were talking about when these forums were started, uh, they didn't mention by name, but we could assume, based on the timeline, that it was Ghostcrawler. And we yeah. know how well that Ghostcrawler was like in tune with the, the players and, and feedback, and he was not somebody who was very condescending or anything like that. So in the hands of someone like him, I think it is a really good tool uh, to be able to use and get feedback and stuff like that. I have no idea who would even remotely be in charge of doing something like that now. Um, isn't, it, isn't it a bit it, of a double-edged sword, dedicated though? Person. Isn't it a bit of a double-edged sword, though? Like, if your, it, community, yeah, your primary can. community cat finds out that, hey, we leave our feedback on the forums, but you're listening to a private group of, like, you have that look, which I don't think is good, then these were seemed to be from some of the, the tweets from a number of users that have much more access to the information than I, so... You know, check out their their uh, like Magdalena on Twitter uh, for kind of a snippet of the type of thing we're talking about here. But then you have the other like kind of bad look on this, which well, hey, you invited a bunch of theory crafters. Why are you surprised, Cat, that their feedback was trying to find the min max for the entire situation, and and that's it? Why are you then getting condescending? I just think there's it's a double edged sword in this type of situation, whether you're taking the feedback or not. And honestly, I also feel like a lot of the things that group might want to change are things Blizz wasn't going to change to begin with. You know, those were already yeah. set in stone. They I, were they were looking for a different type of feedback, and it's not going to come from that group, Kat. Well, I feel like if you have a smaller group of players giving you feedback, that it's easier to to funnel it like and get the proper feedback and that's where i feel like that's it probably be the thought useful. but don't you piss you know, off so... the masses when they find out that hey they're not they've created this small group cat because they're not reading our feedback yeah. anymore um yeah. i think that listening to the people or receiving feedback from the people who are most invested in the game for whatever reason can have its benefits however creating that kind of privileged space for those people to share their um, ideas and feedback and and input um, in a more direct line to the developers, I think sets, I think it's kind of unfair because, you know, then why are you putting people through the beta? Why are you yeah. inviting people into the alpha? You know, there's a wide breadth of players in this game. There are, we, are everything from like IO obsessed and mechanics obsessed like theory crafters and min maxers and stuff to to people like you who are super casual and just want to have fun. Yeah. Uh, and and whenever I'm going to get a shirt proud member you don't pay my <laughs> sub. <laughs> um, put I it guess right here. I think this kind of forum is okay as long as you don't set the expectation that these people who are communicating directly to the to the developers are going to have a concrete impact on the game. If the developers want to open that channel of communication to that 
subset of the player base, they have obviously the the privilege and the ability to do so. That's you know them inviting that conversation. The thing about that Twitter thread that gets me is there an, there's there seems to be, and I don't know if this was fostered early in the days of of that private forum or not, but there seems to be from that thread a certain sense of entitlement mm-hmm. and a lot of outrage that this special space for super wow nerds was no longer being taken as a special space for people who are actively forming the foundations of the next expansion. Yeah, and that's kind of where I I said, look, you know, I'm not involved with these forums in any way, shape, or form. So I don't know how much of this is, to your point, Kat, somebody super invested emotionally, and I want this to be the best that it can, and I think that our feedback is... And so when these replies come back and they're like, eh, okay they're taking it ultra personally, or if Blizz is being shitty because it's different people than it was 10 years ago, same thing we just yeah. talked about, and maybe they um, are being shitty and because they don't really care about this type of forum anymore. So to, I, I'm really clarify- not on a side with these guys. I just I thought the whole idea yeah. of private servers was so double-edged swords that it's like one of those things, like in theory, this would be really, really good, but yeah. if you don't take a second to think about that, the double edge probably sucks a lot. Well, it depends on who you're giving it to, because like with somebody with a larger community and base, they hear all the problems that people have, and it's just easier to funnel and channel that that information down so it's not repeated in 300 different threads yep. on the forums mm-hmm. for Blizzard employees to sort through, just getting it in one concise, you know, if, if they're presenting it properly. But when you have a fan base that is basically flaunting, I have connections with Blizzard, that's when it leads to the toxicity and the elitism and all that stuff, and that's never good. So yeah. it, it's, if and it's if, handled and if, properly, and if Blizz <laughs> was and if Blizz was intentionally being shitty in those forums, that's not a good look either. No, absolutely, absolutely not. No. not. You invited but these people for a specific enough. reason, and we then, haven't heard enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I haven't personally. The examples I've seen posted are very well. I can they seem see neutral to me. I could see somebody maybe feeling that that was condescending if. There were five other things ahead of that that also had the same tone, and it's just a, a belabored point over and over and over again. There was one that I thought was a a bit a bit condescending, and that was the whole well. That's why there's different talents. Pick a different talent. Right, but like <sighs> I understand that, but like um, you're the community team. That's not Blizzard, the way to say that. <laughs> yeah, Blizzard has well. First of all, developers are not community spokespeople like they should not be entrusted to do the kind of work that marketing does that specifically hired community managers such as Ghostcrawler do oh and speaking of Ghostcrawler just to clarify a point I did dig into this a whole lot more and looked into a whole lot about it it was Celis Talon who was responsible for these uh, forums and I don't even remember Celis Talon but Celis Talon was the one who uh, got these up and running um Developers lack, or well, may I shouldn't. I I don't mean to make a, a blanket statement, but their job is not to communicate with the player base in what may be perceived as like a f- diplomatic or or <laughs> tactful manner. I guess. I think like, it's, it's funny it's, that you were searching for a tactful way to say tactful. I know. Like I, don't, I just I, I couldn't think of the word. Um, <laughs> Uh, there are you know, there's a reason why large companies like Blizzard and Riot have dedicated community spokespeople and 
whenever you put someone out there who maybe doesn't have those skills and they try to explain something, they may not intend to come across as rude or condescending or whatever, but it could be read that way because hell, it's text. Double and this prizes is just... in chat agrees with you, Cat. <laughs> True. I work in a healthcare <laughs> system where we dread any time a doctor gets in front of an audience without a script. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not saying that like all developers are socially stunted neckbeards, but um, there, there's definitely a different skill set required to interact with the kind of yeah. varied and often toxic and hypercritical community that Blizzard's fan base can be. Yeah, it's um, weird. Yeah, I just you know, private yeah. forums. It feel, felt kind of icky at first, and then I was like, eh, I do a I do software development as a as my my day job. Well, when I'm working. Um, so like I do a lot of user acceptance testing and I work with small groups, you know, for that type of stuff and closed betas and, and all that type of shit. So I do this for a living. So I'm kind of like, yeah, well, you I know, know when, what? When I would get, I would... get the, the appeal of a private forum, but ugh, that's, I know when classic was coming back and they were doing all those interviews about like going back and originally making the game for the first time and all that, they were talking about how the developers couldn't even get through a dungeon for the first time like they grouped up and they all like they, they just wiped in a dungeon so that goes <laughs> to show you right there that the developers don't have any like real idea of how to play the game at least back then right it might be different now but like at the core of it the players are going to understand the game better than the developers on playing it you know from that that point of view anyway sticks so. i'm with true, you i feel bad for community managers as a whole <laughs> they're front line <laughs> yeah. to get the brunt of player rage yeah they do and that's why QA is always a separate team or should always yep. be a separate right. team from your development because you're yep. going to get those different perspectives and experiences. All right. That, Last... That's in theory why betas should be an awesome space for, for you know, providing actual good solid feedback about an expansion. And yeah, and I think that's the way you do it. Like you have a closed yeah. beta. Like a, if you want to do this type of thing, don't let it be out there that there's some private forum that somebody is just... Do yeah. a closed beta that is extremely closed. Have your private Don't... closed beta forums that then go dead after that beta is like you can invite that group to just a beta. You you know their email yeah. address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> you have Twitter it. handle. Anyway, like, we yeah. gotta finish this up here. Uh, okay. The big question sure. on everybody's mind is for for you, Cat. It's the only reason okay. anybody's here watching this show. We've got Digital BlizzCon coming in February. We will, of course, be covering that on this show here. Mm -hmm. But the first ever pet cosplay contest, what will Norris be submitting? That's the only I'm reason dress, anybody is here. I'm going to dress Norris up as old Blanche. And I'm going to be like, remember Westfall? And then I'm going to drop kick him through a window. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's a sugar-coated glass, right? <laughs> I just hated old Blanche. That quest is the worst. Do it. Set him up as Mr. Bigglesworth, Kalthazad's cat. Yeah, or Jennifer. He would be a good Jennifer. You got to put Do tentacles I... and all that, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Norris, good... everybody take to Twitter, uh, you know, for when this happens here, because we've got a hashtag Norris to victory. Uh, yeah. in the first ever pet cosplay contest. I'll think about what he should actually be cosplaying as. I won't actually dropkick my baby. <laughs> I, I think 
most people knew you were joking. <laughs> I think most people. Hey, I'm people new here. Know. I got I to gotta clarify these things. Uh, Hearthstone did a little fall reveal. That's the big one coming up Thursday to give us everything. But Zista, we got a little video kind of teasing the, the dark fair motif mm-hmm. going on. Uh, we've also got some info on a slide that is being displayed on YouTube right now that it's the expansion, the system revamp has new game mode on it. Any of this, any of this make you happy in any way, shape, or form about Hearthstone? Um, I actually still play a lot of Hearthstone. Um, Up until uh, the Battleground system came out, I played Constructed a lot. Now that the Battlegrounds, aka if you have not played it before, it is Auto Chess. Um, That's my favorite mode, and I play countless hours of Battlegrounds. Just between, it's like, oh, it's lunchtime. Well, I can't play a game. I want to play some. I could play Battlegrounds. There's not a lot. You just pick cards and throw them on the board. I could eat during that. You know, it's very easy. So it, it's it's a nice nice little getaway. It's very different. But if you understand how Hearthstone works, the Battlegrounds, all the mechanics are still function the same way. Um, so like, I get really excited anytime a new expansion is coming to see how it's going to incorporate into the Battlegrounds and change like that whole thing because we just got elementals with the the last one with the uh the the school um the the mage updates and stuff like that so we got elementals and they've completely changed the battlegrounds and it was just so much fun it's still fun to to have that and it's getting to that point now where we're at toward the end of that and it's like well what else are we gonna get dark moon fair seems really really interesting for some potential so i'm i'm excited on just the battlegrounds front I haven't played what? Hearthstone in forever. Kat, do you do your you player? I like the trailers and the <laughs> card art. Their songs are always fantastic every single yeah. time. I I've not really played Hearthstone since it really launched. I'm not good with card games. I don't know. So have you, that you did enough wins to get your Hearthsteed and that was it, right? I don't think I even have my Hearthsteed. I don't think Oh I've wow. She peaced out. She was like, Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I just I just don't have that kind of like I can't play uh, Gwent for a long time. I can't do Magic the Gathering. It's just I th- you throw so many thousands of cards at me and you're like build a deck and I'm like I don't see know what that's to the do beauty though of the new Battlegrounds mode is you're you don't need to buy any card packs to play it at all. Like you just jump in there and it's the the thing opens up and you build it as you play. And then the okay. next game, it's a whole fresh deck you're building from scratch again. Yep. So you don't have to... There's no advantages to buying any packs or real money things. I mean, there's there's a real money battle pass that lets you play as... You get a choice of four characters to pick from at the start as opposed to two. But okay. it's... I Honestly, I recommend it. Just go in there and try it. It's a whole different game. You might actually like it. All right. If you could stop trying to sell Hearthstone, for God's sakes. Their uh, reveal will be Thursday, 8 a.m. Uh, so 11 Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific time. I'm sure we'll be hitting it next show uh, uh, next Tuesday. Diablo 4 on that front still has two classes to reveal as far as the launch classes. But Zista, one of the probably most wanted is being speculated as probably not going to be included. Zista didn't play Diablo 2, so he's not going to care no, about this. No, I no, played he, Diablo 2. Oh, I he, played he, Diablo 3. I, I enjoyed yeah, yeah. Diablo okay. my favorite Blizzard yeah. franchise of all okay. time. I, I just didn't bad. enjoy it. Zista is a big fan of my Diablo 3 almost had it before release. 
<laughs> story from Walmart and the little old lady that I was like, she has no idea that that shouldn't be on the shelf. That shouldn't be on the <laughs> shelf yet. She went to get the key and it was some like 20 year old guy that was like, oh, I got it. And I was like, shit, he definitely is going to know that that should not be on the shelf yet. He came back, <laughs> saw it and was like, yeah, I can't sell that to you. Son of a bitch. So, so yeah, so yeah. we've we've got three of the classes, three of the five classes already revealed. Uh, but Necromancer, Paladin, and Amazon seem to be the most favored, the most desired right now. And Paladin and Amazon kind of fit play styles that have not been revealed yet. So that's kind of leaving Necromancer possibly out in the cold for launch. Necromancer was my Diablo 2 class. Like I Okay, really, we're really back on the same that. level. So <laughs> you're um, friends again now, Kat? Well, yeah. My whole thing is Diablo, the original Diablo was such a dark game. Like really dark. And then Diablo 2, it kind of lightened up a bit. And we went to like a desert and it just it didn't feel right to me. Like I, I wanted the dark catacomb depths of hell setting, and I didn't quite get that until Act 4. So that was my problem with Diablo 2. Um, but it looks like Diablo 4 is going back in that direction. So I'm actually really excited for Diablo 4. Cat, I kind of, I'm a huge necromancer guy, but I kind of feel like since there are so many necromancer fans that it's probably going to be, be lumped behind DLC again. Probably. That's what they did with D3. Money. So, Yeah, uh, I just need my skeleton army back. <laughs> I need my endless hordes of skeletons, my game crashing the golems. size army of skeletons um gosh the launch panel for diablo 4 was really funny to me because if you had taken a shot every time they said the, the word dark you would have died <laughs> yeah, like your liver would have dissolved absolutely um so it's great that they're getting back to that aesthetic like i remember le being legitimately scared by certain parts of diablo 1 uh like that that just oppressive ass atmosphere um uh, we'll see what comes though with four. I haven't uh, seen a whole lot beyond. I really do like Lilith's design. I think she's very cool looking. Yeah, yeah. But the I think the more important question is, what about Diablo Immortal? You guys have phones, <laughs> right? Am I the only one here with a phone? Like, uh, Q, if you'd go ahead and time out Zista again, please, <laughs> um, from Twitch chat. That'd be. Uh, not a lot on the Overwatch front. Uh, you know, quiet right now. Free agency uh, going on on the the competitive side of things. We did kind of see that there's some files in some areas uh, that could be a hint at maybe an Overwatch 2 beta coming up. They could also just be providing access to people around the world so they could get ready to record, you know, voiceover and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Maybe we, I, I don't think we see an Overwatch 2 beta anytime uh, close. To me, that's probably like a Q2 2021. Am I way off base there? Like, as the earliest we would see a beta. I, I'm saying beta is going to be announced at BlizzCon. So, uh, announced in February, bad. and then probably, if they stick to that, probably launched the beta in the yeah. subsequent two I months. I think, like, before COVID, I, like, I think they probably were looking at, like, a November launch window for, like, to to coincide with the new generation console releases. But I think with that on the, yeah. you know, with COVID and every, the work from home, all that on their plate, like, you know, mm -hmm. that delayed some some things. So, 
I, I'm going to say that they're probably close to polishing it up for, for February by now. So I think I for BlizzCon, we will have the beta announcement. All right. And let's it probably uh, will be if you get BlizzCon as well, you'll probably get the beta for that, you know, if you buy the virtual ticket. So let's slide over. We're going to start uh, finishing off the show here. A little longer than the show will normally be. Had a whole bunch of intro to get used to new hosts. Thank you for joining us uh, and watching here on Ready Check Radio. Uh, check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. Check out the website, readycheckradio.com, where you can watch it live right on the homepage or right below that. See the most recent episodes, and there's a page for each of our shows. Make sure you're checking out all of our streamers who will be coming online one week from today. So we'll have streaming at virtually all kinds of different hours for all kinds of time zones, any games you want to see, uh, whatever anybody feels like playing. And I want to thank... Everybody behind the scenes helping with Ready Check Radio. Everybody here is volunteer. We're all just having a, a fun with a little passion project. So we hope you'll spread the word, follow, come check out the website, do all the socials, sharing it, and all of that fun stuff. We would very much appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed the show here. Plan on future shows probably being a little shorter, right around the 50-minute to one-hour mark. But we're going to finish off with a segment that we're going to finish off with every show and this one is called lore or lies so we're going to play a little game here the hosts will not be playing yet they will participate here but they will not play yet the three of us don't know the answer to this or at least we weren't given the answer to this so we will have our guests our our, our guesses next week on the show but if you're on the website make sure you put in the comments or if you're on youtube you can put it in the comments there your answer. So here's what's going to happen, gang. I'll read a statement. Zista is going to read a statement. And Kat is going to read a statement. These statements were provided by our resident lore master, Lil Missy. You can see her Twitter right there. For those of you listening on Spotify, that's at Lil Missy 4205, L I L Missy 4205. Give that a follow. Our resident lore master provided us with these three statements. I'll read one. Zista, you'll take B. Cat, you'll take C. Now, two of these statements are 100% true. One of them has a lie in it. It could be small. Like, maybe you're talking about Thrall and you mentioned Thrall's mother and you've got the wrong name there. It could be a really big lie. Maybe we say, hi, my name is Thrall and we give you the bio for Arthas. So could be anything in between your jobs to tell us in the comments below which one is the lie and why and if you have feedback or anything you want to share we do take viewer comments so put them in the, the uh, comment sections as well so here we go you are you two ready you two ready yeah Vista, yeah i'm right. i'm on the edge of my seat I already I, the answer. here we go i'm ready here we go two truths one's a lie we'll review it next week we're heading into Shadowlands, the afterlife wrapped up in mystery and unknown origins that predates Titan existence and spans across all worlds. That's mine. We're headed into Shadowlands, the afterlife wrapped up in mystery and unknown origins that predates Titan existence and spans across all worlds. Go ahead, sister. Uh, the mortal souls are judged by the artificer when they cross the veil of life and death 
and are sent to one of the infinite realms of the Shadowlands that suits them the most. Ooh, that was very, like, dark. Go okay. ahead, Kat. I'm going to put on my role-playing voice here. <clears throat> While there are many realms governed by covenants that exist within the Shadowlands, there are four ruling realms, Bastion, Ardenweald, Revendreth, and Maldraxxus. There you go, gang. You have okay. three statements. <laughs> One from all three of us. Slytherin. Two of them, 100% true. <laughs> One of them has a lie in it somewhere, big or small. You tell us where in the comments. We'll take our guesses next week. Missy will provide us with the answer in case any of the three of us need it. I, I have a guess on this one. I have a guess on this one. I feel I feel pretty strong. Do you guys feel strong? Do you do you have a what do you you got it? You think you got it, Zist. I see you nodding. Thanks. I got so. it. Cat oh cat I'm oh confident. cat is sure. Oh, yeah. Cat is like, oh I got it. I got it. All right, all right. We'll see if we could go three for three. Let us know what you think in the comments below, whether it's on the site or on YouTube. We'll be back here next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, with another episode of Snowbound. But until then, Kat, where can everybody follow you? Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm on Twitter as Cat Named Norris. I'm pretty much everywhere as Cat Named Norris. So, <laughs> just if you Google that, it will most likely be you. <laughs> Most likely, yeah, most likely. What about you, Zista? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter down below at, uh, I think it's over here, uh, it's Zista. Uh, oh, my not, God, that not, is incorrect. Yeah, not Zista. You have the wrong thing on there. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I'll fix that after at, the uh, show. It, it's Zista, I-T-S, X-I-Z-T-A. Sticks is throwing them in I, chat. Thanks, Sticks. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I stream on Twitch with just the username Zista, X-I-Z-T-A. Um, but my, my streams have a little more possibly mature language than you guys are. <laughs> Hell yeah. Especially when uh, I have some other people that I will remain nameless that join me from chat. I, uh, I think, that's, I think they, that one's they get wrong. very vocal. I think that one's wrong, Sticks. Is that, is, I think that's the wrong one. The wrong He's got my, oh that's your little... twitch that's your twitch okay yeah that's okay got the right twitch cool thanks sticks <laughs> i'm mike byrne you can follow me personally right there on twitter at magic man one m-a-g-i-c-k-m-a-n-n one but more importantly make sure you follow at rc radio r-a-i-d-e-o and come on back and enjoy all the great shows we've got planned for you hope to see you next time stay safe we'll see you in the servers Fuck out of these nuggets now. Been waiting a while. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to be cold by now. Oh, they're so cold. I gotta go warm them up.